Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs for the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Bearcats! 25, for the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house. Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. The one-handed catch. Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it to 34. It. And it is over. Zero losses, zero doubts. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, Viva the Cats. I am your host, Justin Howes, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer. And we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats Twice a week in our standard weekly preview here, and as well as our post game post game coverage on Twitter Spaces, uh, we missed this past week because of a bye week, but we should be back this week following up our game against SMU. Heading into this week, uh, se- technically like another bye week. <laughs> bye week kind of brings on two bye week podcasts. So uh, the topic to lead off the show are the Bearcats being disrespected in the national conversation. How do we feel about that, Steve? <clears throat> well, Justin, I, I bring this up because uh, I, I do listen to a, a fair amount of college football media. Um, try to keep myself informed, you know, and listen to different things. But I don't know, man. It seems just like the Bearcats are getting slighted and not getting the respect they deserve. And I don't want to sound like UCF 2017 when they say they're not getting their deserved respect. But <laughs> um, I don't know. It just seems to me to be weird that the, this team has not lost to a a uh, team that's not from the South Southeastern conference since yep. 2019 uh, and you know, have kept our conference winning streak intact since that year as well. Um, and I definitely understand like, you know, we lost a lot of talent from last year. Team isn't playing as well, but it seems like we're not really getting the credit for winning all of these games. And, you know, it seems like it's just people are waiting for the King to fall off. But as uh, you know, there's a great quote from the wire. If you come at the King, you best not miss. So <laughs> I'm interested to see what these other teams have for us in our future. And the Bearcats obviously had their bye week this past week, have some time to rest up and really lay the hammer on some teams as we go down the stretch. And um, outside of UCF uh, next, next week, SMU this week should be a, a, a challenge for us, but next week at UCF and then the last game of the season against Tulane at home. Other than that, Justin, like, the Bearcats really have a chance to, you know, put on the gas here and really prove that we're still here where we haven't left. We're still a part of this conference and we're still on top of this group of five while we're still here in this group of five. 
I definitely agree with that. I would say too, like, this is, I'm never going to be one to say that like, we're not being disrespected (laughs) because of course, all of our bias, we obviously feel like that when we're not kind of in the college football playoff conversation um, every year, even leading up before last year, I think we had such a strong squad. We should have been in that conversation in 2020. Um, But of course, you know, things go awry with that said though, like, I don't know. Part of me feels like we're not necessarily being totally disrespected. I think off the front of the season, I would say yes, because look at our ranking and look at our past results and look at our future projection. Why are we, why did we start out where we did? I mean, we should have been top 15 at bare minimum coming off a college football playoff win or loss, no matter how it goes, come off a college football playoff. You should be top 15. I feel like that's a given. Look at, look at Georgia, look at Alabama, look at Michigan. Where were all of them? Top 10. Where were the Bearcats in the twenties? Like that part disrespect. But I say now looking at it, how all the seasons kind of gone through, like granted we're in the G five slot when it comes to talk conversation about the cotton bowl, that's kind of a given, but at the same time, we're like the far and away unanimous pick for the cotton bowl for that G five slot. So I think to a degree, like there is disrespect, but at the same time, I think there is enough respect to show that like out of all the G five teams that are doing well, we're the ones who are in that slot. I mean, I think the conversation might be different if BYU hadn't gone and just scheduled literally the most difficult season they could possibly imagine if they had won most of if BYU was undefeated or had one loss right now, they'd be in that slot. And I a hundred percent agree with that because they had, a very much more difficult schedule than us so far. But um, I was trying to find where I saw this original tweet. Yeah. Um, uh, our boys over at, uh, at UC Barstool, <laughs> uh, some good friends over there um, had shared to that uh, Athlon CBS 20 or 247, 24-7. I still don't know what it is. I think it's 24-7 technically. Uh, Sports Illustrated and ESPN all have the Bearcats in the Cotton Bowl. So, I mean, as updated projections, I think that's fair. I don't, I wouldn't say that we're necessarily being disrespected, but you know, we'll see how that goes next year. I think that's where really that conversation starts to become. I mean, I I get it for sure, but like this is where the program building is separated from the one class of seniors that you know that we've had. And like I said, those the class of seniors that left and the, the guys that left that are in the NFL this year. They are really just showing why they're in the NFL and showing why the Bearcats were a college football playoff team last year is because they're yep. they're so talented. And we'll lead into that in just a second. <laughs> but I, I think that Justin, this is where you start to build a respect for the program. And Coach Fickles talked about how he wants to make this into a program, not just a, a team that reaches right. the top ten. He wants to make this a top ten program. And I mean Look at Oklahoma right now and remind me that, that I remind you that they were ranked in the top 10 at once this season and uh, pretty much just because their name was Oklahoma. And yep. there was no real other reason other than their preseason ranking. I don't really like preseason rankings anyway, but I I mean, I, once once we start building up our respect and getting, you know, those top 10 being top 10 just because our name is Cincinnati or our name is, you know, like those other names that are always in the top 10, no matter what. Um, Right. It's just, to me, like, I feel like we should have earned some of that respect over the past four years. It's not a fluke anymore. This team is good. This program is good. 
So that's all I had to say about that. I'm feeling a little bit disrespected. This well, <laughs> and I, that's fair. And I definitely see where you're coming from. And this is actually a good point because now I want to, I'm not going to talk about it now. We'll table it. And if you're not already uh, listening, go check out Campus Kings. It's our little sectioned off uh, podcast that we're keeping in our same stream where we're talking about all of college football. But that's a good conversation to bring up is why are preseason rankings a thing for anything? I mean, like, I understand the conversation, but you should never gauge a team based on last year's team. Like you can kind of, if there's returning players, you could return all, all, you know, starting five of basketball. You could return all 11 on both sides for football. Who cares at the end of the day? Like you could still lose your first game against, you know, an FCS team. If you're a top 10 program, it doesn't matter. Like if that happens and what does the preseason ranking mean at that point? Absolutely nothing. So I think that would be a good conversation to have at some point is just kind of like, why do those exist? And, how much different, like ser- if you seriously think about it, how much different would the AP top 25 coaches poll all of this look if preseason rankings did not exist? Because I can guarantee you so many teams would be in there that aren't and vice versa. So many teams that are would not be in that top 25 going into week four, week five, week six. But anyways, conversation for later. Back to the Bearcats here. Um, I had uh, at the end of uh, the game this past weekend, as Steve was mentioning, the Bearcats balling out in the NFL. Alec Pierce had himself a moment of a lifetime and managed to score the final touchdown of the game to give the Colts the win. Uh, Not quite a buzzer beater, but I had what? 40 seconds left on the clock. That was the game sealed right there. It was his first career touchdown as well. As well. Yes. His first career touchdown. So that prompted, uh, somebody who actually I'm going to look and find his at right now because I totally uh, forgot to find that here. It's uh, okay. At Trav from Ohio. Uh, same spelling as like Kilotrav. <laughs> shout, shout out, out to, Trav. Shout out Trav. Um, <clears throat> he said that Alec Pierce is the best receiver in UC history. And that just got me thinking because immediately people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. But is there some legitimacy here? I told him to leave me a voicemail. I have no idea what he said at all. This is uh, to some virgin ears here, so we're all hearing this for the first time. But we'll see what he has to say. Appreciate you guys reaching out to me. Um, you guys reached out to me due to my one tweet that said <laughs> Alec Pierce is the best receiver to come out of UC, and I stand on that. And I've watched the Bearcats a long time. Don't get me wrong. I know Marty Gillard is the GOAT Bearcat. I'm not arguing that. I know he's the all-time receiving leader. He's had two of the best seasons receiving. I, I would never argue that. Love Marty Gilliard. My argument is best receiver to come out of UC. And a simple situation would be from the third and six from the 10, who would you rather throw to? Alec Pierce or Marty Gilliard? To win the game. And I've seen that back fade to the end zone work with Alec Pierce a thousand times. And you know what's funny is Indianapolis tried to do the same thing at night to win an NFL game. But Matt Ryan didn't have the arm. It was further than the 10, but it still worked to Alec Pierce to win the game. And the thing is, people go back and forth with the GOAT talk or whatever. And people would put Travis Kelsey in that mix. The only reason Travis Kelsey is in the mix is due to the NFL success. And there's better tight ends that were at UC than Travis Kelsey. I mean, you had 
Selleck, you had Degora. Hell, I didn't even throw Josh Wiley in the mix. But due to the NFL success, people look at Travis Kelsey as one of the best Bearcats to ever come out of UC. And at UC, the stats weren't there. And my thing is, when it's all said and done, Alec Pierce will be the best receiver to come out of UC. And he's already putting up the numbers this year, and it's probably going to continue going on. And five years from now, people will absolutely say Alec Pierce is the best receiver to come out of UC. Well, what are our thoughts? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, like he, obviously he's been good. He was our best receiver last year. He definitely could have uh, received some more national attention if people started paying attention before the Notre Dame game. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think he's got a point there, but my brain, like you said, thanks back to Marty Gilliard, Dominic Goodman, uh, a man who graduated from the same high school. Goody. As you, Justin. Goody. Um, I, you know, the, there's been some good UC receivers. I think Chris Moore is still in the league. Like I, he was great during his mm-hmm. time at UC just had that big playability as well. I, I think about Tyler Scott now, like, I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily got the pro prospects, but man, he's putting up some numbers in college right now. Um, so I, I think we should table this for the off season, Justin, and really dive into it. And maybe we can make a wide receiver draft for UC, uh, you yeah. know, it can be just like the past 20 years. We can figure that out. But I mean, I think he might have a point there. Like, I, I think he might be onto something. So I, de- I, I definitely would have to agree with your point there. I think it's going to be a tabled kind of conversation, but um, yeah, I mean, I think his only, if you're, if you're talking about best to come out of UC, it's, it's the definition has to be, is it, is it success with UC and NFL career or, you know, whatever professional career after, or is it just at UC? Because, and I think he got two totally different conversations. I mean, I think they're similar, but you still have very different conversations because like you said, uh, Chris Moore, like <laughs> that, that I'm pretty sure the guy is still in the, if he's not still in the league, he's got to be floating around somewhere. But, uh, I would say, I think he's still with the Texans. Yeah. I he's still he with was, the Texans. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you can never, you can never discount playing in the big leagues for what, uh, six, seven seasons now. So that's going to be an interesting conversation, but five years from now, definitely uh, tables that conversation for a while. Uh, regardless, uh, jumping into our SMU preview here, um, of course, we're coming off the bye week, so the Bearcats are going to be well-rested, heading down to Dallas, uh, trying to take out the ponies, hopefully not getting shat on by their little pony at the same time. Uh, for those of you who may have missed that, uh, the SMU pony came out before the game and dropped a whole lot of turds on the field <laughs> beforehand. I'm pretty sure it delayed the game by like 15 minutes and they picked it up with little cups. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it was gross, but it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, uh, Bearcats are five and one all time against ponies three and zero in Dallas. One of those being one of those games that we just talked about last week uh, where James Wiggins picked it off, took it back. What 86 yards and overtime for a pick six to seal it. Uh, we've had some fun games against SMU. And of course, last year we had, I mean, just the all-time beatdown um, and made Sonny Dykes, Tanner Mordecai, and the whole rest of that team look like uh, 
FCS grade. Uh, so <laughs> virtually ineffective. Um, but yeah, so Ren Bryant had a concussion during the USF game. Um, Fickle is hopeful that he and Tyler Scott will be able to play. Of course, we're getting to the mid part of the season. You're going to hope that your team stays healthy. Um, you're going to struggle with these kind of things and we'll see, um, kind of what happens. I mean, if not, we've kind of got an idea of what we'll get from Evan Prater. Maybe we'll get, uh, maybe better than we had in the short amount of time that we had him, uh, playing in the USF game. But, uh, as well as that Corey Kiner, um, should be returning this weekend with a hand injury. So. Yep. Uh, and then uh, we're looking to see what those guys will do. Maybe we'll see Evan Prater again this week. Um, you know, defense has definitely taken a few hits over the years, uh, but I don't think there's anybody who was out or injured for the USF game. It's either yep. guys who are out for the year or guys who were able to come back for the USF game. So we should be able to have everyone healthy um, uh, who is not out for the season um, for this weekend's game. So, but I think yeah. Corey Kiner coming back will be good because um, I mentioned this in our uh, little rundown sheet, Justin. Mm -hmm. um, SMU is not very good at stopping the run. Um, mm -hmm. They are ranked 97th in uh, <sighs> defensive EPA on the pat on the running game. But guess who's ranked 97th for the offensive EPA for rushing? <laughs> that is your Cincinnati Bearcats. So it's a matchup of a team who can't stop the run and a team who seemingly can't run the ball. So. Um, but I think having Corey will uh, back will help that out. Um, Charles McClellan, man, he's ripping off six yards to carry this year. I just looked that up. That's a good. I mean, I have, have quietly said my too. About, quietly yeah, too. I've said my thoughts about Charles McClellan, but if he's gonna rip it off, then you know, do it. And uh, those those rushing numbers for the defense numbers for SMU may be a little bit affected by what Navy was able to do last week. True. Um, you know, with Navy <laughs> with a horrendous backdoor cover there on the Friday night game. Um, <laughs> but really though, Justin, it comes down to this. Um, we seen, we saw this team last year, obviously with, like we mentioned with all those guys that are now playing on Sundays, come out and absolutely destroy this SMU team last year, yep. which is basically the same team. They had maybe a couple guys leave for the league, but you know, Tanner Mordecai was still the starter last year. And obviously new coach, new new energy. They've, they're one and three in their last four, but uh, three of those four were against Maryland, SMU, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, T TCU and UCF, which, yep. you know, three good to great teams there. Yeah. And, you know, beat Navy and Navy's no one, not really that great this year. So um, their other two wins were against FCS Lamar and North Texas. So I think it's a classic case of we don't really know what they are just yet. And right. I think they were honestly expecting a little bit more when Coach Rhett Lashley came in uh, to replace Sonny Dykes. Um, and he hasn't really they're, – they're not the same program they were last year. They're not the same team. They Obviously, last year they started off 8-0, but it seemed like they kind of just – lost their way a little bit when the rumors were circulating that Sonny was going to go to TCU. So, and then I don't think they've ever really been able to come back from that, unfortunately. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I think this is the game, like I've mentioned, where we really need to just show that we can step on a team's throat from start to finish, come out <laughs> fast, come out strong. And tell I, me something I haven't heard before, Steve. <laughs> I, Hey, I get it, but look like you know we we are about middle of the pack in first half scoring this year in fbs yep 
you know, not good, not bad, but like we really need to just put some teams away. We need to get some third down stops. SMU is bad on third and fourth downs. Um, I'm getting all of these stats, uh, a lot of these stats, by the way, from uh, my uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter at Stats of War. Uh, so go follow him, and um, you can see his predictions for this week. His numbers have UC at a 60% win probability, winning by about three points, and SM uh, and the Bearcats are favored by three points on Saturday, but. Uh, Justin, to me, it's really simple. If the Bearcats are able to come out, stop uh, stop their offense, and really just run it up early, whether it's with Evan or Ben uh, behind behind the center, I I think this should be it should be a win. Um, but mm-hmm. I really just want to see how they play, and I, they've gotten a little bit of the Zach Tayloritis uh, <laughs> in them recently of having slow starts and having to come from behind or have to just fend off teams for 60 minutes and um, yep. i think this team could use a use a laugher use an easy one so yeah maybe this week can be that week uh if, because it's not gonna you're gonna have a tough game next week against ucf so um but i, I kind of like having this smu game as the lead into that because yeah it gives them a chance to really play you know still a good team still a good one of the top uh, half teams in this league before you have that road test at UCF. Yeah. And honestly, like, I mean, I think the Americans kind of, uh, other than maybe the Bearcats for football is kind of a, any given Saturday sort of deal. Um, but it'll be nice too to ha- play a common opponent with UCF going in, um, and know kind of what they've got, you know, versus what we've got, what it, you're never going to have the exact same scenarios, of course, but, uh, you know, if UCF can only beat SMU by whatever, uh, 30 points, <laughs> 20 points, whatever it might've been. Uh, and, you know, we can take care of him by 30 or, you know, make it handedly in the game. I think we'd feel a little bit more comfortable going into that UCF game, especially on the road. Uh, the bounce house is never going to be, uh, you know, any amount of a uh, easy task to uh, accomplish. Uh, clearly they haven't been filling it in as much this year, but uh, they will definitely fill it in for the Bearcats. We all know that one last thing that I yeah. wanted to mention when you're talking about beating up on teams, if you look at the past scores of our last uh, few games, the last four, we're not going to count Kennesaw because Kennesaw is obviously an outlier, 63 to 10, absolute domination, not even close. But Miami, IU, Tulsa, USF, we scored 38, 45, 31, 28 uh, in order up until UCF or USF um, and allowed 17, 24, 21, 24. So, I mean, we're, we're fairly consistent, at least on the defensive end. But offensively, it's just whether or not we're going to show out that day. Um, and of course, the last two, we just need to be able to put those teams away. So hopefully, this will be the one where we can do it. Um, I don't really see there being an issue for SMU. SMU just has looked kind of all over the board, has looked fairly sloppy this season. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, they are the three-point road favorite. Um, and honestly, uh, I the... The other part that I was going to mention here was the, the, um, the, where was that? The over under yeah, is 58 and a half, which I don't know. I feel like, I feel like my better half wants to say, take the over, but I knowing how the Bearcats generally hit play, especially in the play down to opponents. I don't know if we're going to take care of it this weekend. I think we're going to win, but I don't think we're going to win convincingly. I would go for the under this weekend, (laughs) especially on the road and especially SMU's last game against us in the American. 
they're going to want to come out with something. And I think they're going to make it a close game personally. I think it's yeah. going to be one score game again this week. Should we do our predictions real yeah. quick, Justin? Yeah, sure. Thank so you. chase for the chili. Um, let's um let's make it uh let's kind of clear the tables uh and then just do it for the last six weeks get yeah. everybody on board well, us the, we're, the first six weeks we're just getting in our groove you know yep. so, yeah so yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's try to lock in a chili sponsor let's try to uh get everybody in and uh maybe we'll we'll put it out like maybe a day before justin is that all right with you we just put out the link a day before and then, do, uh, let people days. yeah thursday or friday Thursday. Okay. All yeah. Right. Thursday. Well, so, <laughs> so like, like we explained earlier in the season, but if it's your first podcast, thank you for listening with, uh, along to us. So here it is real simple chase for the chili, make five predictions for the game, the score line, how many rushing yards the Bearcats will have, how many passing yards the Bearcats will have first touchdown scored by a Bearcat, uh, has to be either a receiving touchdown or a rushing rushing touchdown. I uh, can't just pick the quarterback for a passing touchdown. That's too easy. So, uh, and then uh, at any time you pick someone who's going to, you, you believe will get a turnover in the game or a takeaway for your Bearcats. Justin, I'm going to start us off. I'll run through my five predictions and then I'll hand it off to you. Sounds good. I think the Bearcats are going to win this game. Like I said, I want them to come out fast and I want them to really make it less of a game than it should be. I think this is calling out for a 38 to 14 score. Um, And I really think just having a bye week, having some time to rest up, try and fix uh, some of the offensive issues that we've had, maybe try to get Ben Ben Bryant healthy before, before this game. I really think this is an opportunity for the Bearcats to come out and show we're better than what we showed. And we're going to be coming for that new year's six spot. We're coming for our, third straight conference championship. So uh, 38-14 for the scoreline. I think gotcha. the Bearcats are going to pass for 305 yards. Give me that extra extra $5 <laughs> on that. Um, then we're going to rush for 100 yards. Um, I'm really not confident in our rushing game still, even though I, like I mentioned earlier, SMU does not have a great <laughs> rushing defense. We, don't, we just don't have a great rushing offense this year, unfortunately. So I'm going to keep it low. I'm going to go for 100. Our first touchdown of the game. Justin, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here, and I am going to go with Trey Tucker. Uh, okay. he, I don't think either of us has picked him this year, but I, which is an odd really, off the board. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, off and the board. He, I mean, he's you know he he's obviously a part of this offense, but I still feel like somehow he's underutilized. So I I, I want to see him get involved this week. Maybe they can get him a nice uh, nice long touchdown to start the game if it's not to Tyler Scott, uh, who is. A game time decision, but hopefully can play this week. Um, yep. And then my takeaway for the game, uh, I am going to say that Jawan Briggs is going to get get to Tanner Mordecai and get a yeah, pick up a fumble this week. Um, he he and Dante Corleone have really just been eating inside all mm-hmm. year and just been causing a bunch of havoc. And they're two of the reasons why UC has been able to keep winning these games is because. They have just been mucking it up in the trenches, and I I love our defensive line and like our 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 fr- defensive front. It's something to watch. It's beautiful. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm gonna say Jawan Briggs gets some love this week and is able to to dunk one into the basket uh, for, as part of our takeaway. So um, Fair enough. that's that's my predictions. Justin, what do you got for our chase for the chili? All right, score line. I'm gonna say 35. It'll be 
a little more than one score. 35-27 Bearcats on the road. Still think it's going to be a close one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly just don't see how this game we pull away personally. I just it's on the road. Granted, we've had a week off. I'm personally a negator of the week off. I think the bye week slows you down, but some teams it builds you up. Personally, I feel like it slows us down, but that may just be me. Fickle is four and one after the bye week at UC. We will say that. So. But also, we beat that. We beat everybody's ass regardless. May not be convincingly, but we do beat. So uh, with that said, passing yards, I think this is going to be if Ben's playing, I think it's probably going to be up there if it's going to be all dependent on who's who's in the quarterback slot this week. But I would have to go with probably about I'm going to say 275 passing yards Um, in rushing yards. I think we're going to pick it up a little bit more. I don't think we're going to be quite as downtrodden as 100. I'm going to say we're going to be around 135, 140. I'm going to stick with 140. Um, and maybe, you know, they don't have a great rushing defense. Maybe we can pick that off, you know, personally, um, first touchdown of the game. I'm going to say, I'm going to just go with Chuck. I think it's just going to work. It's you feed the, feed the bell cow. It's going to keep it coming home. So that's going to be my pick there. And anytime turnover has got to go to Ivan pace, mainly because he is really good at getting to the QB. But either way, I think he's just always there at the right time. And Tanner Mordecai loves to throw interceptions. Uh, it, and not even interceptions. He loves to throw. He loves to throw the balls. I mean, you could pick any, you could pick anybody, any single one of our corners. I think somebody's going to pick something off of this game. It's kind of a given. Um, that's just kind of where he's been sitting this year. I think, I mean, technically he's averaging about an interception a game. So you can pretty much count on that happening this week. And he hasn't played a defense like the Bearcats yet this year. So. And we gave it to him last year, too. <laughs> we did plenty of that, so uh, I wouldn't be too concerned there. Um, we're going to wrap up here uh, with the past last couple of things. Uh, we want to give a quick shout-out to the golf team. They have been tearing it up. Shout-out to those guys. I can't even give you the exact numbers right now, um, but it's it's been... They've been winning trophies, <laughs> and they look good doing it. It, yeah, I, I wish I could find the uh, tweet right now. It's going to take me a second to do this quick little scramble. There we go. Um, yeah, so currently they're, they've just climbed into the uh, 29 slot, according to golf stat and sitting at 32 in golf week uh, for collegiate rankings for golf, which is the thing that like, I don't know, we don't pay attention to golf all that much, but it's one of those things that if a team succeeds, just keep it going. Keep it going. We love to see it rolling. So with that said, we're going to jump into basketball. We're going to try to finish this up in our slot for this time here. So you see officially picked to finish third in the American athletic conference in the preseason media polls. It goes Houston, Memphis, UC Tulane, Temple, UCF, SMU, Wichita, USF, Tulsa, and ECU. I don't think it's unexpected. I, I don't feel like it's all that much of a slight. You look at last year's results. You look at the prior two years before that. You look at everything in there. Bearcats have been on a bit of a slide in recent years. Houston Houston could be a number one in most basketball conferences in the country. So I don't even think that we could take them really you know seriously as not being anything other than first. Memphis, I think that's up to debate. 
Penny Hardaway's a fraud in my mind, but that's a different conversation. Bearcats sitting at third. How do we feel about that? Um, I think it's a little bit high, but um, you know, th- this is the expectation that the program has set over years and years. And um, you know, Wes Miller has definitely changed the culture here over this summer. And I, I think some of the bad losses we had last year, there was a lot of bad losses in a year one of the coach that will not be named um, yep. <laughs> as well as year one under Cronin. I'm sure under year one of Bob Huggins, there were some bad losses as well. Year one in basketball, you're just going to take some bad L's unless you're Hubert Davis and all you do is win. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's unfortunate uh, that that was a, a tough year, especially with some of the losses we had, including like that senior night loss against us. The, there were some God, bad ones, man. but I know. But, I almost forgot know, we, about that one. Shoot. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the with, worst with, one of all of them. Not even, th- yeah. nothing comes close to that. <laughs> but, but Justin, with the additions of Landers, Chesnali, with the addition of Rob Finnessy, and then with the addition of uh, Zeke Pay, uh, I, I think this team has some more experience this year. Uh, David DeJulius is still here. Uh, Jeremiah Davenport is still here. It, it's kind of an older team, honestly. And they've added some young guys, Sage Tolentino. Daniel Skillings, Josh Reed, uh, you know, give them some length and we'll give them some, some pace. We still have Micah here. Um, and we still have John Newman, our king, our favorite guy who's, been, who's really going to be like that six man off the bench and is able to provide for us. And so I, I think it's going to be an experienced team. Hopefully they're going to be able to win some games. Um, I mentioned on our sheet that they don't really play a true road game until the 1st of January. There is three games in Maui and then we do yep. play at NKU, but I mean, come on. Go. I mean, it, we're, that's going to be. A we home own game. that. We own that <laughs> arena. We've won. We we <laughs> hold the record there for most games in a season one. Like uh, you know, most games, seventeen. I, honestly, and one. <laughs> I mean, I I was going to make a joke. That would probably be inaccurate, but it's that I don't even know if NKU is ever going to pass that up. I mean, yeah. I don't think they will. I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't think they I don't will. Know. We'll see. Mid major basketball, baby. Shout out. Sure <laughs> now. Um, but uh, and then you know, like the so anyway. Bearcats are fin- uh, right now. They're number fifty-one on Ken Palm's preseason mm-hmm. predictions. Uh, Ken Palm is the the lord of college basketball analytics, so anything he says usually goes. Um, so, uh, Justin, do you think it's realistic that the Bearcats could be competing for a bubble spot this year? I th- I don't I don't even think it's realistic to think that we'd be competing a- for a bubble spot. I think it's realistic that we'd be competing for like a lock-in. I mean, not I, a bubble. Okay. All right. All Victor right. Lockett. That's another guy. <laughs> Victor Lockett. <laughs> Victor Lockett. Um, I, I honestly think that we should be in a position like, I mean, I guess it's, it's tough because the AAC is pre Brandon. I think when we had, when we had Cronin, I think there was a much different perception of the AAC. And then once the Bearcats took that slide, um, then the, really the conversation just revolves around Houston and Memphis. Um, and I think without that, like power three, which we're supposed to be in that conversation for. I mean, if you think about it, even Brandon's last year, we were in the bubble conversation. We would have technically, I think we would have made it in. Had we won like two more games in the conference championship, we would have made it in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's one of those things where like this year, our expectation should be to be in the tournament at so- in some way, shape or form. I think it's less of a like, should we be a bubble team? And it's should we be in or should we not? our expectation, we should be in there. I mean, even Wes Miller can say that too. Like he knows like that is his expectation. We should be in that game at this point in time. Like it's year two. 
he had the year to get everybody off the slot, get everybody, you know, all the weird kind of losses out of the way. I mean, and honestly, you make a tiny little run in the Maui and then you just go, what, 600 the rest of the year? You're in. There's no question about that. You beat, you could, if you could pull off, somehow pull off beating Arizona in the first game of the Maui Invitational, all you have to do is go 500 for the rest of the year. And I think you're in. Like, I think it's genuinely possible. And then maybe beat two teams in the, um, uh, the American Conference Championship. Probably got to win tournament. one of uh, Memphis and then, uh, well, two of me- those Memphis and Houston games. So, split but. Memphis, split Houston, beat somebody in the Maui tournament, and I think you're good. Beat Take Taylor care of business for this. Too. Yeah, that, Finally, the shootout is at home in front yes. of fans. First time yes. in four years. Fingers crossed, Justin. I'm, I'm hoping and praying. So Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited for basketball, man. We're only uh, 18 days away as you listen to this. And, I know. Uh, buddy, I can't wait. <laughs> it's coming up so fast. It's one, If you don't already have your subscription, make sure to subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. This is not an ad, but it's the only way you can watch pretty much any Bearcats basketball. Or you can watch 50% of Bearcats basketball and be pissed off that you have to pay for ESPN plus if you don't use it for anything else like myself Steve on the other hand I know Steve watches plenty on ESPN plus so he gets his money out of it regardless that is pretty much everything that we've had for this week for the Bearcats Um, one last note make sure to keep your eye out we're going to be dropping either this Friday or Saturday during game day Um, we've we've got a little we've we've got a little big something coming your way so uh, it has to do with UCF um, and the hint that I dropped earlier, UCF's not surviving this one. Um, just put aside some money. You might, you might be interested in putting aside some money for this one. So thank you guys for checking in. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter at Viva Cats Pod and follow us on Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you listen. And also make sure to check out at UC Uniforms for all of Steve's up-to-date UniTracker info. This has been Viva La Cats. Catch us on Campus Kings and also catch us in our post-game uh, coverage of the SMU game coming up this weekend. Thanks for listening, guys. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats. Sports Social Podcast Network.